I'm going to be in the light, like he's in the light, you know. So I'm like, yes, confirmation. So, so my wife said, no bumper music today. I said, well, she was here first service, so I behaved. So she's not here now. She went out to eat with my mom and dad, so I could misbehave in a good sort of way. Um, all right, Mel, give it up for Mel. She's going to read our scripture this morning. Can we, can we, that's a very nice candle. It's like the candles are everywhere today. Where'd that, where'd that thing go? Oh, there it is. Can you grab that mic? Mel's going to read our scripture for us this morning. Okay, so go ahead and press the bottom of that until you see it get red. It's not angry. Here, come here, bring it to me. Mel's going to read our scripture this morning. Okay? Why don't we stand together and kind of in honor of God and his word? Thank you, Lord. So, watch the candle. This is Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Ah, okay. This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amaz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above, above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, and his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will meditate, mediate between nations, and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God and to Mel for reading it. All right, Thank you so much. Well, family service is upon us again. It just seemed like we did this in July because we did. Uh, so everyone's with us again. Uh, the kids are in here. But uh, the first couple of weeks, I don't know what to do with this. Mel, can you hold on to that? I feel like Phil Donahue, you know, without... Anybody remember Phil, the guy with the wandering microphone? Yeah, the hair now. Uh, I have delicious hair. Was it right? Randy told me I had delicious, huh? Luscious hair. Randy told me. Yeah, luscious. Yeah, I had luscious hair. And it's like, and we miss Randy. It's like, don't you get sad when Randy and Jane aren't here? It's just not the same. Yeah, it's just not the same. You know, so I'm glad you guys are here. All right. Um, Advent, it's upon us. Um, and you know what? As I was thinking about what to preach on today, I didn't have to think long because Randy gave me a scripture to preach on, and that was awesome because I'm kind of all over the place. And I want to thank, I want to publicly thank Robbie Hunt for finding these awesome candles for us. It's like, it's like Robbie worked her magic and found these somewhere. I don't know where I was driving around for two days trying to find three purple, a pink, and a white candle. You know how hard that is these days? It's not the stuff they have at Walmart, you know? So anyway, thanks, Robbie. All right, uh, I am back on track. Thank you. Uh, so I was thinking about this scripture, and what I'm going to do is kind of unpack a little context, kind of what was happening prophetically, what the big deal is. 
And then what we're going to do is we're going to narrow down and we're going to land on verse 5. Thus, the reason we sang about walking the light, being in the light. So there's the deal. Because this is all amazing stuff that was prophesied uh, by Isaiah, or Isaiah, if you're English, uh, or from Boston, I don't know. Um, but it's like this was prophesied, this stuff is going to happen. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit, but then we're going to actually focus down on verse 5 and actually say, you know what, I don't know about you, but there's darkness all around me. You know, sometimes I feel like pig pen. You know, it's like I'm creating some of myself, but there's darkness everywhere, and light is very much needed. So, as I was thinking about uh, just something I can do for myself to actually motivate me, remind me to bring the light this Advent season, uh, I thought, you know what? I, Lord, volunteer to be a living Advent candle to bring your light. And so I thought, this is kind of like, you know, something maybe I could wear in the morning. I put it on as I'm getting ready, remind myself the importance. If I'm really feeling Statue of Liberty-like, you know, I can do this too. Um, I actually put this on a kid the first service, and I thought, I'm not going to do that to anyone else. So those are there just in case you guys get bored and you need something to play with. All right, Trish is back. Give it up for Trish. Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so, and the other thing that I'm doing is I made the, made the pact with God and said, you know, every morning, the whole month of December, I'm going to sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Everyone. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Are we going to hide it in our bushel? No. No. Good. You guys have it? Now, if you're at work and you can't really sing out loud, you, I, humming is permitted. I'm finding that these days I'm, I'm in my office a lot. Uh, the other day I was started singing, ho, 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 hosanna, ha, ha, hallelujah. He, 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 he saved me. Now, I've got the joy of the Lord. All right? Randy come, walks by and kind of looks at me. And, um, but I did get into sing um, an old Young Life song. Blind man stood by the road and cried. Blind man stood by the road. Okay, thanks, Andrew. So I say all of this to say little songs, though they're simple, they will remind us of the simplicity of what God says do because the world's a dark place. You guys are going to get out there and you're going to be all discouraged and depressed unless you know you can do something about it. The world is full of depression and despair and agony and all that kind of stuff. And, and we can do something about it, right? I mean, the children are crying. It's such a dark world we live in, all right? So you can do something about it. So let your light shine. All right. Now I'm going to put these on, tell you a little bit about the background of this text, this prophecy uh, the time is around 740 B.C. I almost feel like we should have some history music playing in the background. It was a time when Assyria was threatening to overrun Syria. Assyria was threatening to overrun Syria. And um, the northern kingdom of Israel had formed a coalition with neighboring nations in order to repel 
Assyria. They had asked the southern kingdom of Judah because by then the northern and southern kingdoms had split up and they weren't getting along. And they basically were trying to form a coalition. Uh, but Isaiah said, don't do that. Can we just trust in God? Hello, we're chosen people, apple of his eye. Don't you think God's big enough to take care of all of this? They didn't really listen to him. But he actually, um, you know, actually said, this is what's going to happen. You know, Isaiah prophecy calls on the people to look to Mount Zion and the temple as symbols of their salvation. And then Isaiah paints this powerful picture of God's realm, which will come if they will walk, if they'll walk in the light themselves and actually illustrate to all these kingdoms and these nations around what it's like to know the living God, then that becomes attractive. And, and then it says nations will start streaming, will start flowing up the mountain of God, flowing right up to Christmas Mountain, flowing right up, and it's going to be amazing. Um, and so, you know, he, he, he goes on and it says, you know, it's like not only that, all these nations that are fighting with each other are going to start getting along. And they're going to actually say, war, we don't need war anymore. War, what's it good for, right? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, say it. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're going to say, war no more. Let's, let's, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to actually take my tool that I've been gouging people's guts out with, and I'm actually going to use that as something to prune the, the vegetation. And I'm going to actually turn my... I'm going, to, I'm going to get a really strong guy, and he's actually going to bend my sword, and then that becomes a hoe, and I can cultivate the ground, and it's like a kind of plow. So basically, these weapons that they were using to terrorize each other and kill each other actually have turned into tools to actually make life a better place. Guys, this is going to happen. But it's not happening right now, right? So the need of the hour is to actually say what we can do is actually let our light shine. And that's kind of where we're going this morning. Now I can give you a lot more background on this. Interesting, uh, interesting thing I learned, because I don't know everything. Surprise. All right. Uh, this verse, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Did you know that these verses are actually carved into the wall across from the United Nations building? No. Yeah. People aren't paying attention, but they're there. And I thought, how amazing. All these nations coming in and going, yeah, that'd be, yeah, someday, right? So I think that's pretty cool that we haven't, you know, filled in all that stuff yet. Seems like you can still find God if you're walking around looking for him, which is amazing. All right. Uh, well, I love this idea that people are actually coming into this place where God's presence is actually electric and drawing them in. And people are being drawn to, this, to, to the, the place of God's presence. And his people acting like his people, worshiping, and they're actually going, wow, God, you're amazing. And as they're coming in and they're actually in God's presence, and they're being transformed and they're being renewed and being refreshed, and they actually say, let's do some creative things with these things we were killing each other with. That's so Cool. Back to light, though, okay, because that's where we're going, all right? 
Um, light in the Bible represents a lot of things. Now, I could give you ten scriptures for each one of these, but I'm not going to do it. Light in the Bible represents life, goodness, joy, revelation, and truth. It is linked with justice and the promise of salvation in Isaiah 49.6 and healing, Isaiah 58.8, which says something about healing where? Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Look it up. We need light because if we didn't have light, we would all die, right? Light is necessary for life. Now, I'm probably going to do it a bunch of times. I'll probably substitute light and life as I'm going through this. Just keep nodding because I know what he meant, okay? Light, life. It's like you can't live without light. You need light. We depend on it for life, health, our overall well-being. Anyone ever get like kind of depressed when the sun's not out and you need? It's like it's called sad, right? Is that right? It's like it's like seasonal. Thank you, seasonal affective disorder. And they say that if you use like special lights in your office, then it might help a little bit. UV lights or whatever. I don't know. It's like does that help? Anybody ever get sad during? I mean. Right. I just kind of, I, I do what Charlie, my dog, does, and I, I go lay by Charlie in the sunshine, you know, when it's, it's, it's the sun's beaming in on a cold winter day, and it's so warm and toasty. My little dog's this big. But, but the point is, it's like we need light. We, we've got to have it. And people are craving light. They're actually craving uh, God's light. And what's really cool, when the Bible talks about light, it's not talking about sunlight. Because when God created this thing called light, and he said, let there be light, was he talking about the sun? No. He basically says, I'm light. Let there be light. I'm going to light this thing up. And, and it was actually the radiance of God's presence that actually was the light. Right? And it's like whenever all this stuff burns up and goes away, and new heaven, new earth, God's going to light up the whole thing. It's going to be like... Amazing. Just his presence is going to be the light. And Adam and Eve originally were created and they were clothed in God's light. And because they were clothed in God's light, they were naked and unashamed. There was just nothing hidden. It was like the most natural thing just to breathe and being in God's presence and being clothed with God's light. And then, uh, da da da. Sin entered the world. And what did they do? They were like, oh no, I'm no longer clothed in light. I have an idea. I will clothe myself and we will make uh, fig leaf aprons and we will cover ourselves. And God won't even notice. Right? It It was actually man's first attempt to say, I got this, God. You know, I got this. And it kind of started going downhill from there. What I love in the Bible is Jesus actually came and he remedied all of that. If you know much about like the history of blood and and blood covering, um, whenever Adam and Eve first you know created, actually God says, okay, the fig leaves aren't working, guys, but I'm going to actually kill some animals. I don't want to kill animals because once upon a time we were all vegetarians. Hello. And we lived under this thing, and I'm glad, I mean, I like meat. I always tell kids, I love animals, they're delicious. But God says, 
God says, basically, I need to give you guys a little bit better clothes than just these fig leaves. You're, not, you're going to appreciate this whenever, you know, just trust me on this. So God actually killed animals, and he actually clothed Adam and Eve. He created their first clothes and actually covered them in skins. And actually, that was kind of a foreshadowing of how we're covered in blood. And ultimately, Jesus says, hey, Father, one of these days, I'm going to restore this light attire they had, you know, and uh, it just comes sometime. And basically what's going to happen is they're going to be clothed in me because I'll be your perfect sacrifice and they can just wear me. And you love me and I love you. And it's just this wonderful thing. Whenever God looks at us, he sees us clothed in, in Jesus and, and we're clothed in God's light. And that's an amazing thing. We're so thankful for that. Now, God's kingdom is a kingdom of light, right? The devil's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. So, to deal with, when we're in the light, we're walking in the light, we kind of know what's going on. We we totally can see what's happening. Uh, I've been through the sanctuary several times, and I think I kind of know where things are, and then I don't turn on the lights because um, I think I can navigate around, and I inevitably convince myself it's always a good idea to turn on the lights after I tumble over chairs and run into things. Um, I actually thought, I know, last time I was in here and it was dark, I actually said, I'll walk across the sound booth because I'll be right up against the wall. I forgot that cross and that other dreadful thing is beside the cross, and so I stubbed my toe, and I knocked the cross over, and I was just like, Jesus, I'm sorry. And it was just awful, and I thought you know, it was going to be terrible. We really need light. You know? Not a good idea to stumble around in the dark. But if you're living in the kingdom of darkness, you don't know any better. I mean, whatever they were nailing Jesus to the cross, what do you say? It was a knock-knock joke. It's like, he's like, Father, forgive them. Why? For they know not what they're doing. They're in the dark. They don't know. When pagans, we'll just say pagans, they don't know Jesus. You know, when they're treating you badly, they don't know any different. That's just what they do. Their dad, who used to be our dad, the devil, is all about lying and killing and destroying and deceiving and tricking us and promising us stuff. And it never works. Never, never, never works. And basically God says, I'm going to bring you into my kingdom of light. You know? and, and, and you can actually be one of my agents of bringing my light into the world. Fast, fast uh, actually go back now. Do you remember when the plagues came on Egypt? Right? Do you remember the plague of darkness that lasted three days? So dark, people were like totally freaking out. I mean, the, the Egyptians, they were stubbing their toes. They're probably still eating frogs and all kinds of things from the plague, scraping sword. I don't know the, the sequence of all that. But the Bible makes it really clear that God's people, what did they have? God's people had light. The people of God had light. And actually, the light was, was God's gift to Israel. And actually... The light is what led them out of bondage. When you think about that, it's like that's why the world needs us. 
They need our light. It's like there are people in bondage all around us, but if they don't know, hey, someone's broke out, they don't know. It's like, I love that. One of her, was it Paul? And who else was in jail? No, Silas. And who else? Barnabas and Silas. Someone help me out. Who were in jail together? Paul and Silas. Thank you. All right. I got at least one of them right. And they were in jail, and they were just like, you know what? It really stinks to be in jail. No, they were like, hey, let's worship God. This is a great place to worship God. And as they worshiped God, what happened? Their chains fell off. There was a great earthquake. And because they got set free, everyone else got set free. And even the jailer was like, whoa, I'm going to kill myself. Fall on my sword, whatever. It's not a plowshare. Um, it's like... <laughs> And he's like, no, no, don't do that. We're not going anywhere. It's like, we'll, we'll hang around here. And the dude got saved. So, I mean, as we walk in the light and as we actually lead other people in the light, it's really for them to be set free and say, you know, there's another way to live. I mean, I remember when I was serving the devil when I was young. I was an evil little kid. I did everything the devil told me to do. And I remember when I got saved, the first morning I woke up and I heard this little voice to go do something terrible. And it's like, and then I heard this other voice and said, you don't have to do that anymore. I was like, wow. And I didn't do that. And I did what was right. And it was awesome. Now I ended up doing other bad things later. But by God's grace, he continued to give me the power when I turned to him and walked in the light. And that was so cool. All right. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we got time for this. Um, I want to talk, uh, do we have the scripture from 1 John? Okay. This is, it's like when I used to think about like John talking about the darkness and actually, you know, having, you know, this passage, it used to make me think, oh, I'm a horrible, rotten sinner and God doesn't want to hang out with me and you guys don't want to hang out with me. Let's read this. He's going, to, he's going to read it. All right. This is the message, uh, and this is 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know what this is really about? It's living with the lights on. It's basically living a life where you're basically saying, here I am. It's like, here's the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm not going to hide anymore because when we hide, our fellowship with God gets affected and our fellowship with each other gets affected because we've got these walls. We're hiding. And God said, don't hide. I know what you're up to. Hello. It's like, I know what it's about. I know what's going on in your life. And don't you dare hide from each other because your brothers and sisters are going to get it. When we actually live open lives and transparent lives, and we realize that our brothers and sisters in Christ love us. You know, I tell you, I used to I used to hide 
especially when I was a young pastor, and I thought, got to be perfect, got to be perfect, got to pretend like I've got it all together. Now, of course, you guys are the benefits of knowing he doesn't have it all together for sure. But the great thing about it is, it's like over time, I just, it's like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And everyone around me was so glad, oh, good. Now you can really start living. Welcome to planet Earth. You know, welcome to this thing called life. And what I ended up finding is just that, you know, Mel, the other day I stepped on a bug. And I was like, ah, bug, one bug, I did 10 today. And you're like, whoa. It's like, and, and so what happens is we start sharing and we start getting honest with each other. Um, we find out that, you know, that our fellowship increases. You know, we're able to pray for one another. We're able to help each other get set free. And, and when we're not trying to hide from God, it's just so much more wonderful because God's like, hey, we can go somewhere now because you're not hiding. You know, you're living a life out in the open. So, um, you know, the, the thing about darkness, though, if the devil can't steal our salvation... Oh my goodness, he tries to put us to sleep. And actually in Romans 13, um, there's actually a verse where Paul says, you know, it's like, hey, wake up. You know, and actually our salvation is nearer now than it was the day we first believed. So basically, wake up. Uh, Isaiah says the same thing in Isaiah 60, um, starting with verse 1. And this is from the message. I think we've got this for you. He says this, get out of bed, Jerusalem, wake up, put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness, all people sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you, his sunrise glory breaks over you, nations will come to your light, kings to your sunburst brightness. Something very similar in Romans 13, where basically Paul's saying, stop sleeping around, stop acting crazy, stop living in the dark. It's like, hey, that's not who you are. You know? uh, and, and what I love about the Holy Spirit, before we're saved, he convicts us of our sin. After we're saved, he convicts us of our righteousness. So when we do stupid things, it's like, Barry, 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 that's not you. That's not going to satisfy. That's not who you are. I go, ah, no wonder that didn't feel any good anymore. I used to like that. Now I don't like it anymore. He goes, that's why. New creation, got a new nature, you're dead to sin. Thank you, Jesus. But basically the world is waiting for us to release the comfort and the warmth and the grace of God's light, to actually let our light shine and actually enjoy this fellowship we can have with one another. <laughs> All right, amen. Well, God bless you. What we're going to do now is actually transition into a time of response. And um, what what I want to do is invite our prayer teams to come up first uh, because they're always praying for us and, and praying for any need we have. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually have a time of communion, and, um, and, and you can come and spend as much time just gathering the elements, go back, sit, pray, you know, just enjoy this time. 
if you have a prayer need of any kind of all, any type of prayer need at all, uh, what I want us to do is actually keep this center aisle open for anyone who needs prayer. And so if you want someone to pray for you and you want to take communion, take communion first and then get then just walk down this aisle and there'll be wonderful people standing up here. Uh, so if you're on the prayer team this morning, can you just make your way on up here? And if, you're, if you see there's no one coming up, then you could say, I'll volunteer to be on the prayer team this morning. Um, so if you're assigned to prayer this morning, this way we're going to actually kind of close out service. So, oh, my light. So we're actually going to uh, have an opportunity for you to... Uh, to respond and, and take communion uh, as a family. If you would uh, like to receive prayer for anything at all, um, then just make your way up here. If you guys on the prayer team would like to take communion, well, go ahead and take communion. We're good. We're just family, right? And then after prayer, uh, after you have your own time with the Lord, uh, I'm not going to interrupt any longer. So, I mean, this kind of officially closes out the service, and it's just your time to respond to the Lord, all right? So when you're through and respond to any of these invitations, you're free to go. God bless you.